0: Welcome to The Worst Best Sellers, where we read about white people kissing in the rain so you don't have to. (laughs) I'm Kate.
1: And I'm Renata. And for
0: this episode, we read The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks. Joining us to discuss this unsubstantiated medical miracle is Margaret H. Willison, librarian, podcaster,
2: and culture witch. (laughs) Hi, Margaret. Hi, guys. Sorry. Was I supposed to say something there? I don't know.
1: I wasn't supposed to like, say things like that. <laughs> this is primarily an audio medium, so
3: I got <laughs> I just One of the great things about
2: podcasting is I think if people could hear me on podcasts and know how often I'm doing this into the of the camera, they would hate me even more than people are inclined to hate me now. So, like, I'm glad to be saving you guys from my intense and <laughs> oppressive self-regard.
0: Mostly. <laughs> So, when we were invited here to do a live episode initially, it was supposed to be right around of Valentine's Day. So, we figured let's pick the worst romantic book that everyone's heard of that we could think of.
1: That we hadn't done yet. Yes. Right. Because we already did Fifty Shades of Grey and Twilight. So,
2: <laughs> we cover, you guys have covered a lot of this territory already. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we
0: picked the notebook. We had done another Nicholas Sparks book a while back. Um, it was not very Nicholas Sparks-y. Which one? We picked it because it was about ghosts. Yeah, because it felt very on-brand for us, mm-hmm. but then no one died tragically at the end. It was very...
1: Not even the ghost. Because <laughs> there was no ghost. The ghost was a train. Spoil- spoilers for that book. But this one... Actually, oh yeah, people die in this one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um I read an interview with Nicholas Sparks and this isn't his favorite book. I think his favorite book is A Walk to Remember for the writing process, but he did say that this was his most important book. And I think that's because it's the one that like people have read and care about the most. Which people? Why? <laughs> well, Can I I'll, ask again? Why? And I mean there is also the movie, which I've never seen. Yeah, I haven't either. I've seen it, and I'm going to be talking extensively about how much better it is than the book. Because I have questions about the movie that I think Margaret can answer. I can answer those questions. I, mean, I have
0: questions about a lot of things just vaguely related to yeah. all of this. So. I can
3: only
2: answer questions about the movie. Yeah. The vast majority of this garbage, <laughs> I am just as mystified by adieu. Yeah.
1: But actually, before we get started, since this is live and we can see you, can you raise your hands if you have read The Notebook? Nice. Raise your hands if you have seen The Notebook.
2: Yeah. Oh boy! <laughs> all right, so you can all answer my questions on the film. Seen necessarily made a good choice, but I'm <laughs> going to say they made a much better choice than the people who've read the book. I cannot recommend that in good conscience, not no. even to my worst enemy. It's no model land, but that's almost a ding against
3: it. It Truly. is
2: better than the perfect letter, though. Which, by mm. the way, if you guys wanted to catch up on my appearances on the show, those are two. <laughs> Available at
1: worstbestsellers.com.
0: See, I think the thing is that model end and even the perfect letter, even though they were bad and weird, lots of bad, weird stuff happened. Whereas
2: nothing really happened in this. This No, there's like a whole big slice of nothing in the beginning. No conflict, no interesting character development, no witty dialogue, and no good writing. And then at the end, there's a section... Of creepy, creepy, like borderline elder abuse, yeah, and like real questionable <laughs> medical science being advanced. Also, a child dies in this, <laughs> and it is an afterthought, like one paragraph.
1: I just like mean, their child, not a random child. This is a love that can overcome Alzheimer's, like. If you love each other as much as Noah and Allie do, you don't love your kids. Exactly. There's no love left. Although I did them.
2: have a fascinating note in here, and this if other people have read other Nicholas Sparks books maybe you can weigh in on, I want to start working out the Nicholas Sparks hierarchy of diseases mm. in re mm. by love.
3: Because Alzheimer's
2: can be cured by love, but cancer cannot be cured by love. So I just want to know where other things fall in like that. Can the common cold be cured by love? No I have to assume it can be because well, it's less serious than Alzheimer's.
1: Noah's dad did die of of pneumonia. <sighs> But this Noah didn't seem to love his dad that much. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly what I was to say. Um, by the way, this is a bingo square, and I've mentioned this <laughs> on the podcast before. Uh, we missed, like, two months of podcasts because I had pneumonia, and it's the fucking worst. Um, And that's what Noah's dad died of. And I was like, yes, this is relatable content. <laughs> so
3: sad that
2: no one loved you well enough to
3: cure you of
1: it. Oh, my God.
2: Although I didn't die
1: that's true we're <laughs> taking through in the end <laughs> oh thanks <funny. laughs> buddy yes <laughs> <laughs> does it even have like a clock? It's 718 and we started after seven. Um, come forward, I want to see what you got, and you can and claim we your prizes. You mentioned that you
2: shared pneumonia yep. character. Margaret complimented herself
0: several times. straight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, like, you referenced a like, few past books, Model Land, yep. another yes. one, yes. Secret Works, yeah. and then Band Men. Yes!
3: Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Congratulations I'm away. Away
1: our one true feature. All right, so after this point, if you get bingo, you may silently come up and help yourself to the
2: prize table. And if you make too much noise, we will kill you. (laughs) Keep that in mind.
1: Mackenzie took our scissors away, though. You think I don't have backup (laughs)
2: scissors? Also, look at these eyes. They can just kill with a glare. Much like, arguably, maybe Allie, who is first described as having, quote-unquote, Hazy eyes that kept on coming. Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> does that, anyone know? I highlighted that too because
1: it's like I kind like it's silly when you say like she had legs that went like kept going. Yeah, but like I, I get it, went it. All the way
2: down to the floor or whatever. Like, yeah. sure. like I've read descriptions in noir novels by Raymond Chandler too, Nicholas Sparks. That isn't one of them. Her what? eyes went all the way hazy. to the horizon. Like and it what, was weird. What is hazy when even applied to eyes? Like, what like was, is she blind? Is she blind? <laughs> She's, She's not, not blind. Not paying attention. Like zoned sure, out. these yeah. are these are appropriate applications of the term hazy when it comes to eyes. I don't know what about them would be appealing. I wouldn't be like, oh man, that guy seems like maybe he can't see and he's not <laughs> looking directly yet, me. He's looking over my shoulder or <laughs> something. What a honey, actually that's a lie. That's exactly my type. <laughs> a little blind and not paying attention to me. <laughs> the number one, I yeah, to turn on in a man. Because you
1: like a challenge. Exactly.
2: <laughs> And I also like knowing that as my looks deteriorate, so will their eyesight, (laughs) and so it'll (laughs) even out. Right? I just want that security. Yeah, you want to be sure that he'll cure your Alzheimer's. (laughs) exactly. That he'll hang around long enough to cure my Alzheimer's, even though this is gonna look roughly fifteen until it falls apart like a criss-keeper. <laughs> and for the podcasting audience at home, I'm describing my face. <laughs> Good one, Margaret. Thank Thanks sir.
0: I, I also don't cool. come, like legs do go down to the floor. Like that's that's, <laughs> that's true. Unless
1: you can fly. Also,
0: awesome. yeah. <laughs> well I mean I guess you have to land sometimes. It's mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. And perpetually flying that's a whole other story. Yeah, that true. might actually be more that's interesting true. in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah eyes don't Come no, at you. They pretty much stay in your head. Stay right here. Yeah. Because
2: mm-hmm. if they're coming out at you,
3: that's a whole other thing too. It's a whole
2: other genre of book. It's a whole other deal, face wise. Yes. So, um, so
1: that so that's all you need to know about Ali. Yeah, <laughs> she's got hazy eyes that keep coming. That's not true. <laughs> You're right. Um. Also, we talked why we picked this one because it's like famous and it was Valentine's Day. But also, before we committed to it, I was like none of us have read this, let me just skim it real quick and make sure it's actually bad. Because what if it's actually good and we don't have anything to talk about? It would be terrible. And I grabbed it off the shelf and I read two pages and I emailed them back and I was like, oh, we're good. Like, <laughs> the first page, he's like, I haven't been warm since George Bush was president.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I loved it. Can so we establish something up front? One. Like, Noah is obviously a standing character for Nicholas Sparks, yes? Noah, Nicholas? Yeah, exactly. So that all works. So, building on that, can we also establish that Nicholas Sparks is America's foremost humble, braggy author? Yes, yeah. we can. Because, like, there is nothing that Noah likes better about himself than, like, how simple and ordinary he is. He is he very, very simple. Well, and that's
1: yeah. also what Ali likes about him.
2: Yeah. Um, let me propose this.
0: Jonathan Franzen exists. Oh, oh, oh. shit. <laughs> shit.
3: I don't know, but is
2: he humble, braggy Or is I mean, he I just think Raggy? He's humble. That's true. That's yeah. true. Okay, all right. Jonathan Franzen, America's humble, braggiest author, Nicholas Sparks, close second. I mean, if we we were
3: making
1: a bracket... They would definitely both make the final four. Yes. Yeah,
2: absolutely. They would be the top two and they'd be pitted against each other and it would be a very difficult call. It would be tough. Yeah. And I think it would really come down to whether more people have actually read Nicholas Sparks' books or whether more people have pretended to read Jonathan Franzen's books.
1: I think it also, this is the last thing I'll say and then maybe we'll talk about this book. <laughs> sure. But uh, I think it also comes down to that Jonathan Franzen writes a lot of personal essays so he's more direct humble braggy and and the Nicholas worst. here, yeah, he's got a he's gotta go through a layer of sure. creating a character sure. through which to humble brag. That's true. and that puts him at a disadvantage. It really does. So this character that he's made to humble Brag, his name is Noah. Mm-hmm. He is a very humble and a very hard worker. Mm-hmm. He's from North Carolina. or is he from there? Or does he move there? He's
0: from there? He's very like salt of the earth you know, works really hard, mm-hmm. isn't, you know, into that, like, intellectual bullshit.
1: Except, okay, except. let poetry. Hang on, let's do match game. How hard does he work? <laughs> <laughs> he works so hard that the owner of the shipyard that he works for leaves the whole thing to him when he dies. Yeah. Although they are not related. And this gives Noah the means to, like, take some time off work, to just restore his home, which is a plantation home. And
3: this is
2: important to know that we read this book a month ago, and then we refreshed our memory of it because the blizzard cock-blocked us from recording this last time. <laughs> and we were all discussing in advance, and we were like, so he rebuilds that house. And we're like, yeah, it's like a cabin, or like a charming lake home, because it's like on the water. It is not. It is a full-on, straight-up plantation home. It's on the cover of the book. (laughs) It's very explicit in the book. We just completely ignored that, because we imagined the kind of down-home space this simple man would live. Yeah, exactly. And we, like, just didn't envision it having slaves' quarters.
3: In my defense,
2: I read the Kindle version, which had Ryan Gosling's face on it. Ah. So, I mean... Also, I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure he doesn't live in the plantation home in the movie. But, again, I may just be, like, re-editing it to enjoy it. Christine is making a face that indicates I might not be remembering correctly. <laughs> if anyone has seen, who's seen The Notebook, the movie, the most recently? Can you speak to whether Wait, it's a Wait, let's just do show home. of hands.
1: Show of hands if you've seen the movie and you remember a plantation home.
2: Okay. Did, okay, All right. Take it back. I just edited it out of the film, edited it out of the book, as New Englanders always have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's back up. Okay, I just wanted book.
1: to establish how hard he works, Okay, which that's how hard. Understandable. Um, Some other stuff happens
0: before. That. <laughs> we got an iTunes review once that acted as though we were making, putting on this sort of like, oh we don't really know what the books are about, we really can't explain the plots because we think we're funny. No, like this is as you
1: will see in person. I mean, it's just Kate. Hard to keep all these terrible we do think it. we're funny. We, 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 we do. We are. <laughs> but also, genuine confusion. Yeah, yeah so this, also,
2: this. Reading books like this is like eating a Taco Bell burrito. It's like just hard to keep it inside of you <laughs> for very long. Gross but true. Gross but true. <laughs> so yeah,
1: because like, yeah. there's the frame network of the titular notebook. Mm-hmm. And so we start off with. Older Noah, who hasn't been warm since George Bush was president. And then he takes us back to the 40s. Yes. He is
0: in a nursing home talking about a woman who we don't get any details about. So, you know, who could she be? We don't know. We have no idea. Who is she? (laughs) Then uh, he starts to write his story of his great romance, bringing them back to the 40s right after the war because he served in the war, of course. Avi. And a copy of Leaves of Grass saved his life when uh, it took a a bullet bullet for him. Yeah. Because he
1: has a poet soul. He
0: does. And he tragically has never settled down because once when he was 17 years old for a month, he met this girl who was above his station, who he had a a summer romance with, and then her evil rich parents took her away from town and refused to let her see.
1: Oh, no. And also, he wrote her, he wrote her letters. Because their love was so true.
0: Mm-hmm. And she never responded. He wrote them for years and never got a response and kept going like a normal person. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he is like very, like, okay, Cupid. Like, you match with him like 20%. He was like, no, He's but
3: never gives up. yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh,
1: I've had a few of those.
2: <laughs> I can't recommend it in good conscience.
1: But yeah, so he really wants to get back with Allie, but he finally hadn't moved on. And he, as Renata alluded to before, before
0: the war, he worked at a shipyard uh, sorting scrap metal for a Jewish entrepreneur who got lots very rich off the war and, you know, managed his money really well in a totally non-stereotypical way. Absolutely non-stereotypical. And loved Noah so much and respected him so much that when he died, he left all of the money in the shipyard to him and because he was so successful, it was enough money that Noah didn't have to work for a while and he could fulfill his teenage dream of fixing up this old house in his town that he had wanted to
1: since he was like 15. Yeah. He has,
0: like 15 year olds do.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he has a poet slash plantation owner soul. <laughs> but also he can't write poetry. <laughs> no. It is established that he cannot. <laughs> then then we cut to Ali's point of view. Yes. Oh wait, one other thing we didn't mention is that while he's restoring this home, he's like He's like 30, he's like 31, I think. Yeah. yeah. And his only friend is this like 72 year old black man who lives next door and is like obviously very wise. Very and wise, like, and very soulful. <laughs> uh
2: huh. Could definitely be played by Morgan Freeman in a movie. Yeah, is that's he? That's starring white men. No, I don't think he makes it into the movie. Oh. Do you know why? Well, because he's in the book for like seven pages. Yeah. He's there to like be soulful and be like somebody working as hard as you. She's usually trying to get away from something in their past. And you're like, oh, my God, so black man. You understand? White people so well. How did you manage it? Yes,
1: because obviously, of course, Noah is working so hard on his plantation home to try to forget Allie. Right. But he never can.
0: No. And because I guess it's so notable that he's doing this, it is written up in a newspaper. People are fucking
2: obsessed with this house. I no.
1: <laughs> Which I guess it makes sense. It makes way fun. more sense <laughs> now
2: that it's a plantation
3: home.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was just like an attractive, like... Like like a nice home with an open floor plan by the sea in North Carolina. And I was like, I don't know, they're making a lot of fuss. Yeah, he's he's on flip or flop.
3: <laughs>
2: no, I'm pretty sure he would definitely be with the Magnolia makeover people. I think he'd be really into shiplap inside the house. Great. We all agree.
0: So they, they've written him up in the paper, and then we cut to Allie's point of view, uh, and Allie has read in the paper about him restoring this house, and she is engaged to a rich, handsome lawyer who loves her very much.
2: But Tragically named Lon. Lon.
0: Ooh. But she just she has to know, because even though she knows that she's not in love with him anymore, because that would Obby. be crazy, crazy, she has to go see him or walk by the house. It's not clear whether she actually expects she's going to see him or just like creepily drive by and look out the window and then go back to... To
2: so, like she to lies lawn? to her fiance and says that she's taking a weekend to go antiquing. As you all like, if you're going to lie to your fiance, that is a foolproof one. <laughs> so tell yeah. if you're going away for a weekend to go antiquing, he'll never suspect you're sneaking off to bone the boy you loved for a summer when you were 17. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the other detail we get is that that summer, uh, they did have sex, Noah and Allie, but she won't sleep with Lon before the wedding no. because, you know, oh, she. Oh, snap. Yeah. She thinks it's because she wants to wait until marriage, but she knows that it's because nothing will ever match up to the one time she had sex when she was 17 (laughs) with a guy she never saw
2: again after that. Never. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it is when you lose your virginity at 17 to a man you never see again. Mm -hmm. It's just such an important template-setting experience that you never fully get over it. I'm not really that. No, none of us. All
1: foreign to me. (laughs) I mean, a man with a poet's soul and uh, the hardworking hands of a
2: the soul of a poet and the hands of a (laughs) (laughs) carpenter. What every woman really wants. It does make more sense if it's Ryan Gosling. Everything makes more sense if it's Ryan Gosling, (laughs) except Except for for Jinx.
1: Jinx. Jinx, you owe me a podcast juice. So Allie cheers
0: with the microphone. <laughs> uh, drives by the house and surprise, surprise, uh noah's actually there. And she had totally not planned for this eventuality, so she doesn't know what to do. And he invites her out to
2: have dinner, and then reveals that dinner will actually be cooked in his house. Yeah, because there's no better cook than Noah. There's no <laughs> better place to eat crabs in North Carolina than in Noah Calhoun's kitchen. Nope. He set those crab traps all over <laughs> the goddamn place trapping those crabs left and he is trapping them right. It's also important, I just want to put in a note here. We're giving a plot description that gives you a sense that there is some kind of discernible dramatic tension in the early portion of this book. That is fully constructed by our narrative powers. It's that not, is absent no, from the text itself. No, The text itself is just a basic recitation of events. Like she said, like, oh, she's like above his station and like there's tension about that. Notionally there could be and you get the sense that her parents do mind but it never actually occurs inside the book no well she her mother
0: eventually says it outright but prior to that Noah kind of knew she it did not necessarily occur to her that that was why her parents didn't want her to see him anymore but Noah knew so there was no tension because we knew because Noah knew and then her mother said it outright and they moved on and never
2: So this is just a note for now. We're going to check back in with that note later when there continues to be no discernible rising or falling action. Okay, here's my
0: plantation house of my second read.
2: I thought that they were on a river. Are they on the ocean? No. Are crabs in rivers? In North Carolina, maybe. Has anyone (laughs) been to North Carolina? Do you know where they keep their crabs? (laughs) Outer Banks. Sure, so it's probably there. Outer Banks. Great, Where they keep their crabs. Thanks, Genevieve. You're they do go on a river, though. But yeah. They, but both things can exist. Yeah. Can in people, like, a. I mean, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think mean, they have everything. tidal basins, and I remember that because that's where, like, <laughs> after like the super rich English people move over and colonize, when like the next wave of English people came over, or indentured servants were freed, the British lords were like, "Fuck you! <laughs> you can have this shitty land nobody can farm on." <laughs> And they were like, fine, as long as you don't give black people anything. And they were like, fine. And that's how racism was born.
0: <laughs> so he invites her in for dinner. Dinner is in his house. It is with crabs that he has caught with his own crab
3: feet crab crab from his own tra- He's <laughs> <laughs> He is of a carpenter
2: you know. or a crab trapper. <laughs> he's, let's
1: see how many different uh, Discovery Channel shows it can put him into. <laughs> um, he's, what is the one where they do barehand fishing? I think it's, like, bare hand fishing. He, <laughs> he isn't that. He's, is, um, he's the Alaska one. Uh, okay. okay, anyway, we won this game. Let's move on. The iciest no. catch? Is that the Alaska
2: <laughs> one? I think so.
1: Deadliest, Deadliest catch. <laughs> Deadliest catch. And then I saw truckers. And then when they have their- a... <laughs> <laughs> when they have a crossover event, they have, um, it's <laughs> at its iciest Do they have
2: Gentile war profiteers? <laughs> You've got that in here, too.
1: Um, that's Pawn Stars. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jesus, not okay,
0: so, uh, so they have this dinner filled with I guess it's supposed to be sexual tension It's really just like It's kind of weird. weird I mean yeah. crabs
1: are weird
0: it's, mm. she, She's never, despite living in North North Carolina, South Carolina North. Somewhere there By the ocean her entire life uh, She's never had crabs before So mm-hmm. he has to teach her how to Like break crabs and get the meat out. Because he knows of how
1: to do things with his hands, because he's a simple handyman, and she, I mean,
2: she probably would have had a servant to do that for her. Yeah, they, absolutely. She only got, like, crab salad, like, lightly dressed in mayonnaise <laughs> on, like, tiny tea sandwiches that she could eat with gloves on. Yes. That's my understanding of Allie.
3: Seems it's right. also
2: important to just weigh in before we get to the scene where they're experiencing sexual tension for each other. Uh, Nicholas Sparks does really helpfully establish that they're both hot, uh-huh. up to and including the fact that Allie examines her body while naked in the, the mirror. passage. I'm going <laughs> to read it for you. She'd been called beautiful since she was a young girl, and once she was naked, she looked at herself in the mirror. Her body was firm, well-proportioned, rests softly rounded, stomach flat, and uh, legs slim. So he just wants to be sure that you're not going to read any kind of gross sexual tension between two characters who may or may not be fat. He wants you to know their stomachs are flat. <laughs> flat. And their breasts are well and softly rounded. Just, well, just alleys. Just alleys. <laughs> They're just going to keep
1: these coming. Thanks, guys. This is really going to improve the quality of this podcast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> A lot more slowing is going to Stage. Right Quick, now. let's go
1: while we still vaguely remember what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have tea after dinner and sit on the porch. And on the porch, he and his father used to sit in these two chairs. And no one has sat in the other chair since his father died. But then she sits there, and something just feels right about it.
1: Wait, where does is Gus his friend?
2: Gus is gone. Gus never comes. But I mean, where did? But where did Gus sit? I don't know. He just (laughs) makes. No one else sits in this chair.
1: Because they made a point. They made a
2: point of how Gus would always
1: come to his house because Gus had kids and they were always like being little rep scallions. And Gus just needed
2: to get away for a moment of quiet, maybe like they men sat do. Maybe in other chairs, elsewhere. I'm um, sure they sat on the stoop, like men do. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. good point.
1: Men do Maybe on an upturned barrel, perhaps. <laughs> Old crab trap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, carry on.
0: <laughs> uh, and she goes to leave, and he's like, are you coming back tomorrow? And she's like, Sure. Uh, so she goes back to her bed and breakfast where Lon. We switch to Lon's point of view, yes. which is
3: the
2: most interesting part of the story, and we're gonna revisit that yes. in a second. He
0: he's in it for like three paragraphs where he calls worriedly, and she's not at the bed and breakfast, and they said she was out shopping, but it's been hours. Yeah, he doesn't know where she could be.
2: No one antiques for that
1: long. <laughs> and when she, she she's on American Pickers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so she is. <laughs> she gets back, and the
0: bed and breakfast lady says, oh, this guy called, like, six times. And she goes, oh, okay,
1: I'll deal with that later, and then goes to bed. Oh, no, uh, oh yeah, okay, but the- nevermind yes. there's another time late. that's even stupider wait is that mm-hmm. when he calls her again like immediately after she decides it's too late no well the next day she's gonna call in the morning right, and, and the she's like oh he, he'll he be at work at the courthouse cause he's a lawyer and not like an innkeeper in Legend of Zelda <laughs> <laughs>
2: he is he is a lawyer such <laughs> a strange thing to <laughs> That is <laughs> that character's
3: name <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: (laughs) 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 Or I can't (laughs) the dairy. Anyway. (laughs) The farm. (laughs) But the one from this book is a lawyer, and so she's like, oh, well, I can't call him now because he'll be at the courthouse, so I'm not even going to, like, try and leave a message. I'll just wait. But then he calls her from the courthouse, and it's from his point of view again, and we get him, like... Having to get special permission from the judge.
0: Well, that that's later.
1: Okay. Yeah, but I was saying the later. Okay. Oh, okay.
0: Well, because in the next morning, after they go back that night and he's called like a million times and she's like, whatever – I'm still gonna marry him, but I'm gonna go to bed and then wake up and go hang out <laughs> with my ex-boyfriend from a month when I was 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like you do. She wakes up the next day, puts on like a fancy dress, and she was, like, is like, "Is this too fancy? I don't know." Dress, she like
1: debates,
0: which is important for later. Spoiler alert: it starts to rain. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. if you've never seen the cover of
0: the book before. Spoiler. Or the movie poster. Yeah and ignores, decides not to call him because it's too late and he'll already be at the courthouse. Then he calls the bed and breakfast yeah. right after she leaves, and she drives out to his house, and,
1: and Noah... She drives to Noah's house, but meanwhile, yeah. Lon is getting... Well, that's
0: after... That's this day,
2: though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's later, okay. after he tries to call her later. Though. Yeah, okay, after... Mind, after he, once he figures it out, he's just, like, intuitive that she's already slept with another person, mm-hmm. and, like, that's why he knows it's important it's enough to leave his lies, work.
1: we're not there. Oh, my God. Okay, Kate... <laughs>
2: Okay, time is a flat circle.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you keep trying to tell this narrative
1: as it happened.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. He's doing more
2: justice to Nicholas Sparks' narrative than he possibly deserves.
0: <laughs> so Noah wakes up early and like does work with his hands and like lifts heavy objects and whatever it is men do. And Men with the soul of a poet. Yes, but with the hardworking, you know. Yeah. Hands
1: of can. a crab man. Yes. <laughs>
3: yes. <laughs>
0: And uh, when she gets there, he's like, oh, there's this thing I want to show you, but it looks like it's going to rain. And she's like, well, I don't care about rain. So he takes her out in a canoe. He's been
1: in a Actually, an wait, sorry. Of I said I wouldn't interrupt, but I am. Because he <laughs> built this. He's like, I have a surprise for you. Yes. And she's like, oh, my God, what's the surprise? And he's like, well, I'm not going to I'm not gonna show you the surprise because it's going to rain. And she's like, well, I don't care. I still want the surprise. Mm-hmm. Yes. So then they
2: canoe <sighs> wow. out. With, I guess, sexual tension. I don't know. Yeah, because it's from Allie's point of view. Yeah, and there is nothing Allie finds hotter than the sight of Noah canoeing. Yeah,
1: she's like, <laughs> his muscled, like... His muscle, like Muscles.
2: <laughs> like, muscles,
3: no. muscles.
1: Just, like, rowing like, at and, boat,
3: and,
2: like, nobody's business. And he was
1: breathing hard, yeah. and she could, like, sense, like, hear his breathing, and she yeah. could see that he was working hard, but still it was easy for him. And moments like this are one of the
2: important moments when you remember that this is, like, a narrative written by the old characters on either sides of the frame story, and you just have this uncomfortable moment of being like, is this... Her husband ventriloquizing her desire for him while rowing? <laughs> or is this her? Like, just the authorship you was really haunting me during these hard. passages. Or the or meta authorship. But that's authorship. the whole
1: premise of our podcast.
0: <laughs> 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 Thinking too
2: hard about things
0: no
1: one should have thought about at
2: all.
0: You should give us money on Patreon because this is what we do all the time. <laughs> Uh, but so they're growing out on the river or ocean or something. It's like a river it's to a, a river. lake, and the yeah. lake is where all
1: the swans are. Yes. Yeah,
0: because what he wants to show her is this cove that is filled with birds, swans, swans, but other swans birds mainly. Birds yeah. and they're all like oh my god it's so beautiful birds exist and yeah.
1: <laughs> she, she is like Jonathan Franzen level hype about these birds <laughs> like she's like yes this is such a great surprise this is totally worth it <laughs> she is <laughs> it's a
3: very good and accurate
1: description
0: <laughs> and then it starts to rain so they start canoeing back to the land or no it's gonna start to rain they hear the thunder so he starts canoeing and he's gonna out canoe the rain, but the rain is too fast for him, And for, it for
2: him. even, for even a sport. Noah Calhoun. <laughs> even and, Noah Calhoun's rapid crab hands McGee.
1: And if you thought Allie was horny for Noah canoeing regular, <laughs> like when it's raining, she oh, is like, my God. Well, I mean, she's very wet. That's all. I, <laughs> that's all I can say. Oh, <laughs> but thank you. Slash, I'm
0: sorry. Down. Slash, thank you. <laughs> it, it's like downpouring. and he's like, oh my god, you're getting wet. And she-
1: <laughs> she's like, I love being wet. <laughs>
0: she's like, yeah. <laughs> no, she, she's like, I don't care. Like, let's just stay out in the downpour. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And that, I think, is the point where he starts to look at her in the rain. And
1: and, trans- oh, wait. Oh, and breath. this is yeah. this is one of our actual dramatic readings. Yeah. So we'll return to yeah, this.
0: It'll, but it's
2: gross. Yeah, you'll get all
0: <laughs> of the And you guys are
2: going to get to have the benefit of how gross it is live and in person. Get ready, be excited. <laughs> and like Allie watching Noah <laughs> row. <laughs> <laughs> and now, for the first time,
0: Allie thinks oh, I think I want to sleep with him. Which she apparently, we're supposed to think she hasn't thought at all prior to this, despite all the sexy rowing. So they go up to the house, and dry off, and then have sex in front and, of the fire. And he
1: brings her like his like clothes that are too big for her to wear. And she looks so cute in so them. So cute. That's <laughs> really <horrendous.
0: laughs> like really, just for like a day and a half, they just have sex over and over again.
2: Meanwhile, Lon is like calling and calling and calling.
1: Yeah, yeah and, nowhere. And then he gets permission from the judge to like abandon his court case to go find it he, like you're
0: laughing but this is literally this is true. he goes to the judge and he's like I need special dispensation to put a pause on the case and the so ju- I can do a personal
2: errand
1: and the judge is like well I normally wouldn't allow that but I know you're a good lawyer and like <laughs> alright
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> like. he knows that something as serious as a man with the soul of a poet in the hands of a carpenter voting <laughs> Lon's fiance must be going on for Lon to ask for this special dispensation because Lon would never do that normally. <laughs> which, honestly, is probably Lon's problem to begin with. If <laughs> no. he'd ask for one or two special dispensations while he was engaged mm-hmm. to Rachel McAdams, or Allie, whichever, then yeah. she probably wouldn't have been wandering with her eyes and her body to another man. If he was like, hey, I need a day of court so I can go show my girlfriend some birds. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> At appetite for birds was just dramatically underserved in this previous relationship.
0: And that like, every time she describes him, like, that's what comes up. She's like, oh, like, I love him, and he's so great to me, but he works really late, and I never see him, and we never have meals together, and we never go on dates, and we never do anything together. But I love him, so I'm going to marry him, and he's I love a him good more man. than Noah. You're, you, the reader, are
2: supposed to believe No, me. she never says that. <laughs> I just want to be clear. She never says she loves him more than Noah. She just loves him fine and happens to have a rock on her face or binding her to him and there's gonna be like maybe some inconvenience but like none of the inconvenience is even dwelt upon. There is no point in this narrative where you've realistically believe that she is torn between two men. All you see on the page is her being in love with one man and the complete absence of obstacles to her being with that man. I mean, what
1: you see is her being torn for like her passion for Noah and her annoyance at having to call up a wedding. Yeah. I, like, yeah. like, you, don't even,
2: you don't even realistically see that. You know that if you were in her position, that That is maybe one of the (laughs) things you might be feeling on the spectrum of things to feel. But the only thing that's actually written is how hot she is for Noah, the rowing poet, with the <laughs> hands of a crabhead.
0: <laughs> but we, the readers, are supposed to believe that this yeah. is a really hard choice for her the entire time. All we get on the page is how much she loved Noah when they were teens, but she, she doesn't love him that way anymore, but he's so hot when
2: he rows. Yeah. She's engaged to some guy whose name she forgot.
0: But like, <laughs> Noah
3: is
2: so great. So, she and Noah have spent a day and a half in bone zone. Yeah,
3: just (laughs) full on. Full bone zone.
2: Just constant bone zone. Mm -hmm. And then, suddenly, a surprise guest shows up at Noah's apparently plantation house. (laughs) Shocker. It's Allie's society figure mother. And you Mm. expect that, for once, we're finally going to have someone who shows up and is like, I'm an obstacle, and you have commitments. Right. To be like, just to be like, you're supposed to be getting married in a month. I'm going to hate calling it off. Why are you marrying this white trash? You have a perfectly respectable fiance back home. Be more ladylike. Any of a number of things that Joan Allen actually does do in the movie. And in fact, she's just like, hey, I'm here to remind you that I totes knew this is where you were going to be. Also, you have a fiance. You should think about that piece. Whatever you decide is cool with me, I love you, you're my daughter. She also comes out
0: and says, oh yeah, he wrote you letters for two years, and
1: I just didn't give them to you. Right.
0: Because I just thought that that should end, and that it happened, and
1: it was over. I thought it was puppy love, and I see now I was wrong to think that. Which,
2: in the movie, again, is a dramatic moment where she's like, why didn't you ever write me? Because she's been living in this reality where they had, like, this beautiful love, and they phoned for the first time, but it was great, even though they were 17. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, he just never contacted her again after promising they wouldn't lose touch. And he's had this reality where he, like, wrote her for two years, and she never wrote back. And in other human beings with normal human emotions, that would be a conflict you'd have to work through. But here, it's just, like, glanced over, and then they're, like, hanging out like pals, talking about her painting, which sounds soups oh mediocre. Oh, my gosh. Oh thinking. my god,
1: she paints.
0: She
2: she. Oh, how do we forget she paints? You know why? It's not nearly as important as how hot she is. Because Is
1: she really as good at painting as Noah is at canoeing? Well,
3: we're, we're
1: <laughs> <that's> <laughs> when she was a
0: teenager, he wooed her with all of this poetry that he had memorized, and she used to paint beautiful paintings, which she gave up when she went to college, despite being really good at it and all her professors saying, you could do this professionally, but that just felt silly. She She hasn't painted since. He saved a painting she made when she was 17 that I feel like the implication of the painting is that it's very sexual and he has it hanging over his fireplace.
2: When I heard it described, what I imagined is, who here has eaten at the Cheesecake Factory? (laughs) Do you know those, like, gauzy paintings that are, like, home goods Matisse? Did they have in between all the weird, vaguely Egyptian decor. That's definitely what I imagined it being. I imagined it being like Home Goods Matisse style just like at the Cheesecake Factory.
1: Oh my god, I wanna backtrack slightly because I think this was before like when she's still there in <laughs> antique, she goes to a gallery and she's like looking at the paintings. Oh none of them are as good as hers. And none of them are as good as hers. <laughs> and that's a thought that she thinks to herself. It's like, oh I kind of like this one but I can't put my finger on why. Oh Not it's that- because it reminds me of my art. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a likable protagonist. <laughs> And
0: when she comes home from Noah's the first time, she stops on the way to buy art supplies and then draws Noah And then brings it to him the next day when she goes back before the swans and the
2: boning for a day and a half and all of that. Very famous seduction technique. Yes. Favored by all people who've seen the 1997 classic Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) She does indeed draw him like
3: one of her French girls.
2: Yep.
0: <laughs> so while Ali's mom is there, she's like, "Just so you know, Juan knows about this, and he's on his way. So you need to make a decision and go deal with that." But like, I understand now that this was true love, and you know, when you were seventeen, and this boy was trying to sleep with you, and we left, and I decided that you should never talk to him again. Like, I was destroying your life. I see that now. But, you know, go off and make your decision. So, mm-hmm. Ally gets in the car and drives back to her B&B and sees Lon's car there and knows that she needs to make a choice. And she decides what the choice is and then it ends.
2: <gasps> oh my god! Well, well, what? this this story, right. when the Story ends. But yes. how could it possibly conclude, you guys? I have yeah, no well, idea. My heart is in my throat. Well, then the next part is just like the
1: guest book from her and Lon's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> just replicated here. So we go back to the the elderly couple in the
0: nursing home, and it is a good day for this unnamed woman who you don't know who she is because it's a surprise. And see. she is, like, very talkative and asks the elderly gentleman whose name we don't know because it's a surprise. You know, <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful story. Who does she choose? And he says, well, you know, by the end of the day, you'll know. Because he knows in his heart right. that she will come back to herself and understand what the ending of the story is before the end of the day.
2: And... Because you know what? Love can cure, guys.
3: (laughs) Great job!
2: Everybody's keeping track. I appreciate that so much.
0: He, he tells her the story, makes up like fake names when she's like, oh, who are you? He says, his
2: name is Duke, is what he says. <laughs> I just think it's important you know he calls himself Duke. <laughs> and he also notes that there's a reason for why he's using fake names. Uh huh. And the reason. And isn't, I was like, "Oh, are they in witness protection? <laughs> Did they murder a lot?
3: Okay.
1: Oh, okay. so much better." <laughs> He's in a crab trap.
2: So, anyways. He reads her this story and she's, like, intrigued and then he, like, squires her around the old folks' home and they, like, walk to the water and she, like, flirts coquettishly with him and we're careful to note that even though she's old, y'all, she's still super beautiful. Very, very hot Because Nicholas Sparks does not want you to read about ugly people feeling love for one (laughs) another even if they're old. He knows you only want to read about hot people in love at any age. Yeah.
0: all the people who work at the nursing home, like, always tell him because now we're into first-person zone. How yeah. like he's they their love is so wonderful and he's so good with her and like oh you know he's so wonderful and he can't believe they can't believe he's so devoted to her. They've, not, not they've never, never seen anything like
2: that. to this nursing home. <laughs> this is just a note we're gonna elaborate on later because they do not have good policies in place. No, they don't. <laughs> Uh, so he so gets- much elder abuse would be going on under these circumstances because they'd be like, oh my god, it's so cute. Old people love each other. It's like old people can do dark things to one another too. Stop infantilizing them and protect the people in your charge and don't allow them to sneak into each other's rooms at night, especially when one of them has like a degenerative brain disease that would seriously impede her ability to consent. Maybe I've gotten into this early. <laughs> so- To the part, yeah. (laughs) This
0: day that he finishes the story for the nth time. She does miraculously get her memory back at the end of the day and realize that he's telling her their story mm-hmm. and the doctors continually we're told are so shocked so baffled they've never seen anything like this No, where someone can stay so lucid and for medically so long. they can't possibly there's understand it no there's
2: no science no medicine that explains this it. could be happening but guys y'all know what's causing it <laughs> what's <laughs> curing the alzheimers everyone
3: <laughs> love <laughs>
2: <laughs> but
0: after their beautiful day together, uh, she sundowns and starts seeing, like, gnomes,
2: gnomes. or something in the Which room. is what happens to Allie when she experiences Alzheimer's. She sees gnomes everywhere, <laughs> which is so normal and such a, just like, it's exactly the symptom you expect from someone suffering from Alzheimer's, right? It's like textbook Alzheimer's. Gnome hallucinations. Well, the other
1: day I <laughs> went Number to WebMD. one web, with I... a on WebMD. Yeah, I was going to say, I went to WebMD because <laughs> I was seeing gnomes.
2: <laughs> and it told me I
1: had Alzheimer's. It didn't tell you you but... had
2: Travelocity on your phone?
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it told me I had network connectivity
3: problems. <laughs> but
1: I'm fine now. (laughs) Uh, So
0: she she starts to lose it again, and he's so discouraged, but he still goes every day and reads her from the story. And then in his room reads the letters that she wrote him, at which point we realize they had known that she was getting sick, so she decided they were going to write their love story together. So
2: she wrote all those parts about how hot she was for him when he was rowing yes. he didn't write those parts through her which is vaguely comforting but then you have the bigger question which is who the fuck wrote long's perspective <laughs> they let girl. him out of the crab cage and made him write it
1: so
3: or they killed long they were like please details very carefully all the
2: emotions you experienced when you suspected Ali was boning a man with the soul of a poet in the hands of a crabman instead of you And you had to get that dispensation from a judge to come and try and win (laughs) her back. Talk about your internal journey.
0: (laughs) This is also where we learn that they had a child who died when he was four years old. NBD. As, like, one sentence in, like, the list of all. We (laughs) had five kids.
1: One of them died when they were four. But the other
0: ones are, like, mostly fine. But also, this
1: is also where she says that, like, him being good as the father is so sensual. Well, (laughs) everything about him. Yeah. (laughs) The way you just bounce back from that...
2: I'm just going to read the bit where she's describing the experience of losing a child and you can try and find the part where she says that it's all in the same
1: letter so but okay
2: um, so he's describing their son died uh, in times of grief and sorrow I will hold you and rock you and I will take your grief and make it my own when you cry I cry and when you hurt I hurt and together we will try and hold back floods of tears and despair and make it through the potholed streets of life <laughs> yeah and like it's also kind of comical because the suggestion here is like if Allie wasn't crying over their dead child Noah would be totes cool with it (laughs) he'd be so chill he'd be like whatevs we have four others it's fine Mm -hmm. but since Allie's crying he cries since Allie hurts
1: He hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, The letter from Allie is also where we, it seems to imply that he had no idea she had Alzheimer's until she wrote this letter. (laughs) <laughs> Which is not really like either he's extremely inattentive, or I mean, it, that's just not how it, it
2: works. Actually, it directly contradicts the narrative where they find out she has Alzheimer's together, and there's yeah. like a scene.
0: In the narrative, they talk about like how she started forgetting things oh, and right how she God. got lost yes. in town one day, and they took her to the doctor. And then in the letter, it's oh, like, Oh, I found, I found, I found it. I found it. Like,
2: <laughs> Here, flip through. Thanks, okay. guys, when we figure out where in the different <laughs> forms of this book I've we've borrowed from like, many, many different public institutions. Guys, everyone use your public libraries. <laughs> They're very valuable, not least when you don't want to spend money on a fucking book like The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> also, they'll deliver books like Last Act by Christopher Pike to you faster than Amazon does. So just FYI. Okay, here,
1: okay.
2: here are just a few random lines from this letter that I've highlighted.
1: One, I find your love for our children very sensual and exciting. <laughs> Two, God is with you. He must be, for you are the closest thing to an angel that I've ever met. Three, I know you thought me crazy for making us write our story before we finally leave our home, but I have my reasons and I thank you for your patience. And though you asked, I never told you why, but now I think it is time you knew. We have lived a lifetime most couples never know, and yet when I look at you, I am frightened by the knowledge that all this will be ending soon. But for we both know my prognosis and what it will mean to us. I see your tears, and I worry more about you than I do about me, because I fear the pain I know you will go through. There are no words to express my sorrow for this, and I am at a loss for words. So I love you so deeply, so incredibly much, that I will find a way to come back to you despite my disease. I promise you that. And this is where the story comes in. When I am lost and lonely, read this story, just as you told it to the children, and know that in some (laughs) (laughs) way...
0: Never tell your children this story. (laughs) We should have put
1: appropriate sexual letters to your children, as a Yeah. <laughs> um, let me just finish the sentence and then move to back. Uh, know that in some way I will realize it's about us. And perhaps, just perhaps, we will find a way to be together again. Yeah. Also, okay, so in we read Bridges of Madison County. And that, if you did not listen to the episode, that also features this mother leaving these incredibly sexually explicit letters for her children. About an
0: affair she had with someone, not their father. Not their father, yeah. And
1: they read it at the kitchen table, and they're like, oh my god, Mm. this is so beautiful. I can't believe we never knew this about mom. It's like, (laughs) what? And that's like, those kids and Noah and Allie's kids should be in a support
0: group
3: together.
1: (laughs) I'm just like, our parents did not have great boundaries.
3: (laughs)
0: Let's, uh, let's just zip through the end of the plot. Um, so then Noah has a stroke, and they think he's going to die, but the power of his love for Allie revives him and gives him basically all of his motor functions back again. And the first night that he can get up and move around again, he walks to her room in the middle of the night. A nurse stops him. No,
2: no, no. Before the nurse stops him, he describes himself as as invisible as baby pigeons. Because okay. <laughs> I tweeted about this because I had no idea what that meant because as a sentence on a word-by-word <laughs> level, that makes no sense. It makes aggressively little sense and it wasn't like a charming colloquialism I was aware of, right? But apparently this is actually a thing because we have pigeons in the city all the time but they actually raise their children in like in rock suburbs. cliffs and like holes in buildings so you never see baby pigeons because baby pigeons are fucking terrifying to look at. Google image search, I'm correct. This but is it's actually something time. I knew because it
0: comes up a lot in like, um, paranormal unexplained cryptid shows what?
2: that I watch. <laughs> Professional cryptozoologist Kate.
0: Because if we don't see baby pigeons, what's to say we don't, there's not Bigfoot's places. <laughs>
2: oh,
3: <laughs> shit. That's what it boils down
2: to. So like, so like, he's not actually as invisible as baby pigeons because he's like a grown adult man who cannot move very quickly like inching down the a hallway towards his Alzheimer's ridden wife and this nurse catches him and is like Noah and she's the mean nurse you know I can't let you in there and he's like it's our wedding anniversary and she's like you know what happens every time she goes in there she screams and cries and is emotionally traumatized He's like, but it's our anniversary. And she's like, okay, I've worked here for five years and I've never let anything like this happen. But right now I'm going to just go down into the basement conveniently to grab some more pens for the nurse's station. And who knows who could go into whose room while I'm down there. (laughs) And I'm like,
3: really?
2: (laughs) Take better care of the elders in your charge. This is not okay.
0: So then we get to the real, the real healing power of love is that he goes into her room and she recognizes him, and then they maybe
2: have sex. They maybe bone to death. They maybe... Yes. It's one of our dramatic readings, so I don't want to spoil anything for you, but we're going to get to it, and then we can debate whether it is boning to death or whether it is just light frotage to death.
1: (laughs) But also, is this an appropriate time to reveal what you discovered about
2: the sequel to this book? Yes! That exists? (laughs) Yeah. Because I am captivated. So I was reviewing the things that go on in this book via the spark notes of it which I'm pretty sure Nicholas Sparks himself wrote because they are so pleased with all of the writing in this book and think that one, Nicholas Sparks is such a poet and two, that this whole book is just like a long love letter to his wife Kathy from whom we may now note he is divorced (laughs) Anyhow In the process of this, it addresses the somewhat ambiguous ending, which is made less ambiguous if you know that the character of Noah appears in a subsequent novel called The Wedding, in which he is convinced that his dead wife, Allie, has been reincarnated as, can you guess what kind of waterfowl?
3: (laughs) A swan.
2: Allie has been reincarnated as a swan. Has anyone read The Wedding? You've all let me down. You've all let Kate and Renata down because I need someone to read this book and tell me all about it, and it's gonna have to be them because they've got the podcast for it. I need you to read The Wedding because I have to know more about Allie's reincarnation as a swan. I also Margaret, love... we couldn't possibly read it without you. I don't...
3: <laughs> I'm playing myself!
1: Also, I, this is a question I have for you about the movie. Yeah. Because... I was tweeting from the Worst bestsellers account, and I was looking up uh, gifs from the notebook, the movie, to put Mm -hmm. in her tweets, obviously. And there were a bunch of Rachel McAdams doing this and saying, I'm a bird. What's that about? I have no recollection
2: of that whatsoever.
1: And then there's another one of them together, and he's like, if you say you're a bird, then I'm a bird too. (laughs) That's just what the gif is captioned. I didn't watch a video clip, but there were a lot of these gifs.
2: All that I remember about the movie is that I really believed that Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling wanted to bone each other mm-hmm. all of the time, which is the chief thing that they need to convey as actors in that film, and was also true about them at the time of the filming because they were boning each other. Two, that James Marsden was once again. Relegated. Wait, he's
3: in this movie. He's
2: lon, obviously. <laughs> oh my god! Where's
3: Where's
1: lon? <laughs>
2: Deep cut. Because James Marston always plays the guy you don't choose at the end of the movie.
3: (laughs) This is shocking. Except for 27
2: Dresses, which is one of the most (laughs) defensible things about 27 Dresses. The best thing about the very mediocre romantic comedy 27 Dresses is that it understands that James Marston deserves to be a romantic lead. He is very handsome, very charming. He can wear the hell out of a suit. He can sing. He can sing. I bet he can sing better than Ryan Gosling. As I I have never treated everyone, I I can (laughs) sing better than Ryan Gosling.
3: I cannot sing well at all.
0: I'd but, just like to take a moment to wish a happy 11th birthday to that joke. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: joke about
3: James Carson.
1: Not the joke about Bottle Land. That's pretty fresh. Yeah.
2: That's like top 11 months um,
1: um, anyway, uh, That's
2: that book. Shit, yeah. That's the book report, everybody. And now we go to dramatic reading. Well, do we have anything else to say
0: about this book before we move on to dramatic readings? Oh, boy. I mean, we've said a lot already. I
2: think
1: if it comes up in the midst of dramatic readings, we can do that. We'll just roll with it. Yeah. yeah.
2: I and mean, we said so many things. Yeah, we said a lot. You guys have been such a good and attentive audience, and we really appreciate that.
0: <laughs> uh, so our first dramatic reading is when Noah and Allie have met again for the first
1: time. Mm-hmm.
0: And... I I'm going to be reading Allie, and Renata will be reading Noah. That's right. And
2: I'm just going to say you're looking pretty.
0: And there is, uh, to check off another square on some of your bingo cards, this is a book where the point of view wildly shifts mid-paragraph. So that happens here.
1: Yeah, We divided it as best we can, but if it seems confusing to you, imagine how we feel.
0: (laughs) And with that thought, she realized how much had changed since then. They were strangers now. She could tell by looking at him. Could tell that fourteen years apart was a long time. Too long.
1: What is it, Allie?
0: He turned to her, compelling her to look, but she continued to stare at the house. I'm being rather silly, aren't I? She asked, trying to smile. What do you mean? This whole thing. Showing up out of the blue, not knowing what I want to say. You must think I'm crazy. You're not crazy. He reached for her hand, and she let him hold it as they stood next to one another.
1: He went on, Even though I don't know why, I can see this is hard for you. Why don't we go for a walk? Like we used to? Why not? I think we both could use one. She hesitated
0: and looked at his front door.
1: Do you need to tell anyone? He shook his head. No, there's no one to tell. It's just me and Clem.
0: That's his dog. Uh, even though she'd asked she suspected there wouldn't be anyone else and inside she didn't know how to feel about that but it did make what she wanted to say a little harder it would have been easier if there was someone else
1: they started toward the river and turned on a path near the bank she let go of his hand surprising him and walked on with just enough distance between them so that they couldn't accidentally touch he looked at her she was pretty still, thank God. <laughs> That's was, that was not it. <laughs> she was pretty still, with thick hair and soft eyes, and she moved so gracefully that it almost seemed as though she were gliding. Like a swan! <laughs> <laughs> He'd seen beautiful women before, though, women who caught his eye, but to his mind, they usually lacked the traits he found most desirable. Traits like intelligence, confidence, strength of spirit, passion, (laughs) traits that inspired others to greatness, traits he aspired to himself. (laughs) Allie had those traits, he knew. (laughs) And as they walked now, he sensed them once again lingering beneath the surface, like a swan's feet. (laughs) A living poem had always been the words that came to mind when he tried to describe her to others. And by others, I guess he just means Gus.
2: And I guess what you want to know about Ali is that she has the face of a beautiful woman, but the heart of an uggo. <laughs>
3: Very important.
2: Very Amen. Important. Amen. Uh, this is- we're going to read about the paddling scene now, you guys. Yeah, get
1: ready. Uh, and because of all the
0: weird point of view shifting, we're just going to alternate paragraphs because otherwise we'd be skipping every other line. Noah paddled hard as dark clouds. Yeah, you did. That's what she said. In
1: the letter
2: that she wrote. This is the notebook. It's not Fifty Shades of Grey. When they say paddling, they don't mean it that way. (laughs) That's in the the notebook after dark.
0: (laughs) Soon rain began to fall, a light sprinkle at first, then gradually harder. Lightning, a pause, then thunder again. A little louder now, maybe six or seven miles away. More rain as Noah began to paddle even harder, his muscles
1: tightening with every stroke. Thicker drops now. (laughs) Fuck, this is filthy. Falling. Falling with the wind. Falling hard and thick. (laughs) Noah rowing. Racing the sky. Still getting wet. Cursing to himself. Losing to mother nature. (laughs)
2: The downpour was steady now, and Allie watched the rain fall diagonally from the sky, trying to defy gravity as it rode on westerly winds that whistled over the trees. The sky darkened a bit more, and big, heavy drops fell from the clouds—hurricane drops.
0: Allie enjoyed the rain and leaned her head back for a moment to let it get her face. She knew the front of her dress would soak through in a couple minutes, but she didn't care. She
1: did wonder, though, if he noticed, and then thought he probably did. <laughs> she ran her hands through her hair, feeling its wetness. It was wonderful. It felt wonderful. She felt wonderful. Everything felt wonderful. <laughs> Even through the rain, she could hear him breathing hard, and the sound aroused her sexually in a way she hadn't felt in years.
2: (laughs) A cloud burst directly above them, and the rain began to come down even harder, harder than she'd ever seen it. Allie looked upward and laughed, giving up any attempt at keeping dry, making Noah feel better. He hadn't known how she was feeling about it, even though she'd made the decision to come... (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> he doubted that
2: she'd expect it to be caught in a storm like this. They reached the dock a couple of
0: minutes later, and Noah moved in close enough for Allie to step out. He helped her up, then got out himself, and dragged the canoe up the bank far enough not to drift away. Just in case, he tied it to the dock. Knowing another minute in the rain wouldn't make any difference.
1: As he was tying the canoe, he looked up at Allie and stopped breathing for just a second. She was incredibly beautiful as she waited, watching him, completely comfortable in the rain. She didn't try to keep dry or hide herself, and he could see the outline of her breasts as they pressed through the fabric of the dress that clung tightly to her body. It wasn't a cold rain, but he could see her nipples erect and protruding. Hard like little rocks. (laughs) He felt his loins begin to stir and quickly turned away. Embarrassed, muttering to himself, glad the rain muffled any sound of it. Is it his boner?
3: (laughs) (laughs) A question all of us ask as one.
0: What noise do his loins make when they're aroused?
2: Maybe they answered that in the wedding.
1: (laughs) When he finished and stood, Allie took his hand in hers, surprising him. Despite the downpour, they didn't rush toward the house, and Noah imagined what it would be
2: like to spend the night with her. Allie, too, was wondering about him. She felt the warmth in his hands and wondered what it would feel like to have them touch her body, feeling all of her lingering slowly (coughs) across her skin. Just thinking about it made her take a deep breath, and she felt her nipples begin to tingle and a new warmth between her legs. I can't believe you've made me do this. (laughs) She realized
0: then that something had changed since she'd she'd come here. And although she couldn't pinpoint the exact time, yesterday after dinner, or this afternoon in the canoe, It was definitely in the (laughs) canoe. Or when they saw the swans, or maybe even (laughs) now. Since we lost holding hands. She knew that she had fallen in love with Noah Taylor Calhoun again and that maybe, just maybe, she had never stopped.
2: Damn. (laughs) Ugh,
3: so
2: hot. So hot. All right, and now I have what we call in the uh, notes, like the Alzheimer's mishmash. So this is just important because as I wrote in Snapchat, as I was reading this book, sort of against my will, The smugness that Nicholas Sparks feels at the metaphor I'm about to convey to you right now is as concrete and perceptible as a punch directly to your face. (laughs) So get ready. I put the pages aside and remember sitting with Allie on our porch when she read this letter for the first time. It was late afternoon with red streaks cutting the summer sky. The last remnants of the day were fading. The sky was slowly changing color. And as I watched the sun go down, I remember thinking about that brief, flickering moment when day turns into night. Dusk, I realized then, is just an illusion. (laughs) (laughs) Because sun is either above the horizon or below it. That means that day and night are linked in a way that few things are. There cannot be one without the other. Yet they cannot exist at the same time. How would I feel, I remember wondering... To be always together, yet forever apart. Now, in case you didn't understand the parallel, Nicholas Sparks is here to make it clear for you. Looking back, I find it ironic that she chose to read the letter at the exact moment that question popped into my mind. It is ironic, of course, because I know the answer now. I know what it's like to be day and night now, always together, forever apart. So that's them being defeated
3: it's also like By a Alzheimer's
2: memory of Twilight. Doubles. <laughs> 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 it goes both ways. So now here we have after he's snuck into her room to elder abuse her, despite the uh, thanks to the incompetence of the nursing staff at their senior home. Um, we have the following paragraph. And you guys can help us decide if it is boning to death or like frotaging to death. <laughs> Uh, Then I reach across and gently touch her face, soft like powder. I stroke her hair, and my breath is taken away. I feel wonder. I feel awe, like a composer first discovering the works of Mozart. She stirs and opens her eyes, squinting softly, and suddenly I regret my foolishness. For I know she will begin to cry and scream, for this is what she always does. (laughs) I am impulsive and weak, I know, but I feel an urge to attempt the impossible. And I lead towards her, our faces drawing closer. And when her lips meet mine, I feel a strange tingling I have never felt before in all our years together. But do not pull back. And suddenly, a miracle. For I feel her mouth Open and I discover a forgotten paradise. A forgotten paradise. (laughs) Unchanged all this time, ageless like the stars. (laughs) I feel the warmth of her body, and as our tongues meet, I allow myself to slip away as I had so many years ago. I close my eyes and become a mighty ship in churning waters, strong and fearless, and she is my sails. I gently trace the outline of her cheeks, then take her hand in mine. I kiss her lips, her cheeks, and listen as she takes a breath. She murmurs softly, Oh, Noah, I've missed you. Another miracle, the greatest of all. And there's no way I can stop the tears as we begin to slip toward heaven itself. For at that moment, the world is full of wonder. As I feel her fingers reach for the buttons on my shirt and slowly ever so slowly, she begins to undo them one by one. And that is the final line of this novel.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> do we need, do we need a minute We should have warned you.
1: We'll take an intermission so you can press us. Just kidding, We have to keep going. Um, that's also a plot summary of Breaking Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously... What?
2: Is that how how the movie ends? No, the movie ends with them falling asleep next to each other and dying. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Like a decorous movie about old people overcoming Alzheimer's to find each other through true love ought to, although frankly, let's all be real. How many more times did you have watched that movie if it had none of the old people parts and only the hot young people parts? (laughs) Like eight to nine to 20 times more often I would have watched that film. I've seen that film. Maybe twice, and I would have watched it at least 30 times if it was just the hot old people. And then also, if you could. <laughs> I think if Nicholas Sparks knew what a Freudian slip was, he'd call that one. <laughs> I mean, listen, I, like, let's not be ages.
1: There's definitely hot old people. Just Shh. this Alzheimer's. Patrick Altim- Stewart does exist. Yeah. Just <laughs> this <laughs>
2: Alzheimer's. This scenario is not also sexy. Nero, no. It's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable because there are just so many questions about consent that really cannot be resolved. Yeah, not to mention this is just, like, offensive to everyone
1: who has Alzheimer's that was not here yeah. by
2: love. Yeah, Because it Like, does. all people who have Alzheimer's, spoiler alert, you guys, no matter how much you love the people in your life who have Alzheimer's, your love for them cannot be so strong and pure that it actually cures it. Because it's a disease. <laughs> and Nicholas Sparks would understand that if it were cancer. <laughs> so is, this, is this before or after A Walk to, to Remember? Maybe Everything is after A Walk to Remember. A Walk to Remember is Nicholas Sparks' very first book. Okay. Whoa. Then I thought maybe he just hadn't, like,
0: researched
2: science yet? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No, he had his hierarchy of ailments in Place. Hierarchy of ailments in re their curability by love. And cancer is just like the top of the pyramid. It's like no matter how much you love someone, cancer will still take them in the end. Cancer is stronger than love. Nicholas Sparks says so. (laughs)
3: Well,
0: I read a lot of Lillian McDaniel's books.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I knew that one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Shall we play Would You Rather? Uh, Sure. (laughs) Would You Rather? marry a handsome lawyer who loves you fine, or a boy who you knew for a month when you were 17. But with the soul of a poet
2: (laughs) and the hands of a (laughs) craftsman. Um, I would
0: obviously marry the
2: lawyer. Obviously marry the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and and like, well,
0: <laughs> the lawyer is not, there's no gender associated with the lawyer, so it's possible uh-huh. that lawyer could be a woman. So right off the
2: bat, it's like that. It's like the riddle where the, the doctor's, <laughs> doctor's the doctor's his mom and you can never guess it because doctors are always men. Yeah, it's just like yeah, that. Yeah, the lawyer was a woman. <laughs> also, I'm pretty
0: sure we've established on this podcast that I can be bought very easily <laughs> and that if this person is willing to keep me in the lifestyle that I am accustomed to, I am happy to go against all of you know
1: Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That should be one of our patron milestones. <laughs> <By Kate. laughs>
2: yeah. Renata. Yes. Do you know what I have? What do you have? Hands. <laughs> do you know what else I have? a soul
3: (laughs) I do not have
2: crabs how dare you you know what I don't have the income of a well-paid lawyer you know what I need that also the health (laughs) care yes that's important I have health care right now but I'm only so attached to my job so I'd love to have another (laughs) method of getting that health care Um, I want to marry Lon the Farmer from Zelda.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lon the Farmer and or innkeeper? Yeah. I've been thinking about it. I think it's going to be Lon Lon. <laughs> but, but I'm sure I could call him Lon. I'm sure he could let you. <laughs> if we were
2: married. <laughs> well, he loves you okay, so he'd let you call him whatever. <laughs> Great.
1: Uh, okay, would you rather have Ryan Gosling take you canoeing in the rain or explain
3: jazz to you.
0: I think I have to go with jazz entirely wow. because if I'm in a canoe with Ryan Gosling, I can't get away. So I'm stuck in a canoe with him for as long as he wants to show me swans or whatever. Whereas if I were standing listening to him explain jazz, I could do that sort of like slow... On your way out the door. Yeah. Just oh like yeah, inching slowly okay. backwards.
2: Right. Somebody I know is over there. Oh my yeah. god, Thelonious Monk was very original this. <laughs> <laughs>
3: fingering. Whoa!
2: He was a pianist, I think. Or a saxophonist. Either way, fingering is very pertinent to jazz and not just a sexual term. You filthy minded monsters. Learn a little culture and get your heads out of the gutter. That said, I would definitely rather be in a canoe. You know why? I'm a great swimmer. If I needed to escape, I definitely could. And like, if he's canoeing, that's a lot of his breath for mansplaining that's just being absorbed. <laughs> yeah. Be you can't row and mansplain at the same time. That is just science. Yeah. Um, I would also go canoeing with him. Uh, I like canoeing. That sounds more also inherently
1: true. fun yeah. than being at the jazz club. Especially if
2: someone else is rowing.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I'll row a little, but he's he's so much stronger than me. Sure. Great. Right. He can do most of the work. All right. Last up, would you rather eat a home-cooked meal made by Noah, probably it's crabs, or (laughs) eat at Steaks and
3: Cakes?
1: (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Steaks and Cakes is the fictional restaurant from the movie Christian Mingle, and and we are sponsored by Steaks and Cakes. (laughs) Steaks and Cakes are the restaurant that only serves steaks and
3: cakes.
0: Uh, I would obviously, I think that it is well documented at this point that I really appreciate our sponsorship from Steaks and Cakes and also continue to enjoy steaks and cakes and I'm allergic
2: to crap. You know what I love? Steaks. You know what else I love? Cakes? (laughs) Cakes. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't. <laughs> not. You know what I'm pretty indifferent to? Crabs, mm-hmm. which I do not have. <laughs> and so I'm gonna go with
1: steaks and cakes. Fantastic. You know, I I'm vegetarian, so I don't eat crabs or steaks, but I do hella eat cake. So <laughs> I'll be there at steaks and cakes. I'll join you for the dessert course. It'll be pretty great.
0: It's great when they put that full cape down <laughs> so, in front of you. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alright, we're going to now move on to some reader's advisory where we will suggest books or movies to read instead of or in addition to the notebook. Although well, y'all don't read the movies watch
2: them. Yeah. <laughs> you can, I guess you could read the screenplay if you were like really... I think I'm the only one who brought a movie to recommend. I did too, actually. Oh, great. Well, I don't know. If yours is more of a reading movie, you can tell them to read it and watch it, but mine is for sure a watching movie. Yeah, mine too. Uh,
0: I will say before we start that
2: um, we had hoped
0: to have copies of these recommendations here, but we're so good at recommending things that
1: they don't have any copies because they sold them all. Yeah. You, know, you knew what you we were going to suggest me you bought them already. So
0: you should write these down and buy them because obviously they're that good. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Or we will have this full list on our website, worstbestsellers.com and then you can, you know, pull that list up in your phone and come back and buy it at an independent bookstore such as this one.
3: Yeah.
1: Maybe start with your movie since we got off on that mo- movie channel.
2: Alright, I'll start <laughs> with the movie you definitely shouldn't read, but you should watch. It's called Brief Encounter and it's set also during World War II. And it is about star-crossed lovers, although in this case, it's like an average suburban housewife and a British doctor who fall in love with each other very, very deeply and watch Tarzan together, but can't actually have sex because they're too British and reserved. And then they just part tragically And things are tragic. And there are trains, and I'm just saying it's full of longing and beautiful shots. David Lean is a phenomenal director, and you don't have to take my word for it, Uh, because it's part of the Criterion Collection. So this shit is legit. My
0: movie is not part of the Criterion Collection. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But it should because it's great.
0: Um, My recommendation movie-wise is the movie Big Eden, which if you're unfamiliar... Yes. I am. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar, it is a romantic dramedy, I guess, um, about a guy whose father figure um, has a heart attack, so he has to go back to the small town in which he was raised, and he finds out that his high school crush is recently divorced from his wife. you ah, knew this is a queer movie. <laughs> you've met me. <laughs> Um, and they also, start to heard of it, develop so. like a really deep friendship that is maybe more, but at the same time, the guy who had a crush on him in high school is also starting to woo him and his father figure by cooking them healthy meals.
3: <laughs>
0: it's really good. I'm not doing a good job at describing it, but it is. it has a happy ending. It's very sweet. I love everything about it. There's lesbians who work at the hardware store and the mayor fiddles at the town parties, so
1: you should watch it. Sounds pretty great. That part sounds like Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> but a better... I everything sounds yeah. like Fifty Shades of Grey. At this point, that's the primary filter through which I experience the world. It's true. Um, I don't have any movies because I mostly only watch Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> also, they are full
2: of deep and passionate, unrequited love. That's actually true. I throw out what I've written and I just suggest all Fast and
1: Furious movies. <laughs> um, but for a book, I have started my list with Attachments by Rainbow Rowell, which is um the reason my connection here is that it's told through like emails mostly and so that's kind of like a weird notebook that you're writing yeah. f- for your future self to read but better um rainbow Rowell, probably is better known for eleanor and park and fangirl and like her wife and being, my friend. And being <laughs> very friend. famous
2: for being my friend that's <laughs> her main thing
1: yeah um anyway but this is this is for adults it's uh it's very sweet and uh
2: better than The Notebook. I said So it. much better than The Notebook. <laughs> Most things are better than The Notebook. Other things that are better than The Notebook include the book Persuasion by Jane Austen, which, y'all, if you want a book about a man who fucking knows his boats and also has
3: experience, <laughs> some unrequited love
2: in his life, right, and, like, separated as teenagers by snobby relatives and then reunited as adults when they don't give a shit about their snobby relatives— you would be hard pressed to find a better version of this narrative than Persuasion by Jane Austen, which is a really terrific book. Although it's a gentle betrayal because the narrator is like past her bloom at 28. And like I am also not twenty-eight anymore. And And like like, it's just blooming. blooming. Look at this. (laughs) Maybe. I'm just saying it felt like a little bit of a direct attack when I realized I was older than Anne Elliot. She's like too old to possibly marry anyone. I know, when you like died in in forty two. I know. I understand. It still felt like an attack. So if anybody wants to use the fact that that book is out of copyright and update it so that Anne is forty eight when they get married, I would be super into that. It's like pre- and the narrative is, would be need to change in no other way. It's like Pride and Prejudice and zombies, except
1: for no, like don't add zombies, but just only change the age. Yeah, just like only address my
2: fears of aging and dying alone, and
1: maybe change the character's name to Margaret. I don't
2: know. I don't know. Uh, I know where you're going be Anne Elliot. I know that about myself.
1: All right.
0: Uh, the next book that I'm going to recommend totally has a lot to do with this book. Absolutely. If you, I never talk about this book ever, and I never recommend it to anyone. Uh, to oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> For <laughs> reasons. Oh no! The universe. It's not
2: the one you have up on your screen. No, it is not. <laughs> um,
0: by Benjamin Saines. It is so good. It has letter writing and longing and. I don't know. Really, it doesn't have that much to do with this book, but it is a much better love story,
2: and I love it, and I haven't recommended it in like three episodes. Yeah, and guys, just this is an important side note. There is an audiobook version of this book, and it's narrated by Lynn Manmo Miranda, as that girl in the great cardigan at the back of the bar knew. Yes. So that's <laughs> pertinent to those of you like us who are obsessed with Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was on the cards and I just wanted to give that to you guys because I think we still have a bunch more candy necklaces on the table yeah I'm ready to take one even if you didn't get bingo yeah afterward.
1: Um okay my other one again it's it's not that related but it does have the kind of email narrative whatever it's where'd you go Bernadette by Maria Semple um, it's a great
2: it's a great epistolary novel
1: yes I love it uh, we're running late so I'm not going to talk that much about it but you can look it up
2: and check it out it's great And I have one more to recommend. It's uh, Anna and the French Kiss by Stephanie Perkins, which is an extremely charming YA romance that does... Uh, like forbidden love and attraction so much better than the notebook does. I can't even say, but it is pertinent to the notebook because Anna's dad, who's wealthy enough to send her off to boarding school in Paris, is a clear spoof on Nicholas Sparks and a really, really, really good one. So it just, there's so many layers to enjoy there. It's a great love story and it's also a great skewering of Nicholas Sparks. She does for read one. it for sure Z's. <laughs> right,
0: my last recommendation is actually a recommendation for people who liked The Notebook, not for people in general, unless it's yeah. like your bag. Uh, and that's The Time Traveler's right, a Wife by Audrey Niffenegger. Not particularly my cup of tea, but it is—it is very much like this book. So if there's a lot of. Sex with uncomfortable consent boundaries. Yes, and a lot of, like, sadness and tragedy and being apart. And lots of attractive
2: white people in love with each other but separated by circumstance. Exactly. Yeah, and Rachel McAdams plays the lead in both movie adaptations. Oh, so strange. She does. It's one of the many movies in which she's the partner Christmas. of a man who time <laughs> travels. <laughs> and knows nothing about time traveling. There's actually an article on, I think, The Mary Sue about how each time travel movie she's in, she has to know less and less and less about how the time travel <laughs> works. Like, they're slowly erasing her mind Aww. through time travel and brain damage.
1: I do want to say real quick, I think that book is better than The Notebook. I don't, I don't want to go on record as saying it's worse. all right my last one this is I think people if you genuinely like the notebook you probably would also like this other book we did for this podcast which was the bridges of Madison County by Robert James Waller I didn't like either one of them but they were weird in very similar ways that I I think the notebook lover would love Bridges of Madison County All right, so we'll have these up on our website, worstbestsellers.com, and maybe some other ones. Um, And now we will quickly mention our candy pairings, which you have seen because they're on this table if you are here live. Well, mine, I said it was tearjerker sour candy. That candy's actually taken off the market, so what we have here... (laughs) For some reason, I don't know.
2: Nicholas Sparks has a vendetta against it because he's the only one allowed to drink cheers. That's probably true. Nicholas sparks and cancer. And that's
1: it! Um, so what we have here in the room is warheads, but it's the same concept. It's very sour. It doesn't actually make you cry, but it's just sort of like gross and chemically. Um, there you go.
2: I was not particularly original. I just recommended. Werther's Originals, because old people eat them. (laughs) And they also bone, maybe to death,
3: in this book.
0: And my candy pairing was a candy necklace with a fake jewel, uh, because it's a pretty basic and mediocre candy that thinks it's much fancier than it is.
1: So, um, again, we've got these candies here. If you are here in the room, please take one before you leave. If you aren't, suck it. If you aren't, please go to your local convenience store and purchase the candy of your choice. <laughs> You're an adult. <laughs> Probably. We hope these <laughs> all about. Shout out to any babies listening to this. <laughs> uh, okay, now we'll play our favorite game, The rock Paper Snicked where uh, Kate will say who Dwayne the Rock Johnson would be if he were in this book, and I'll say who Wolverine would be if he were in this book, and Margaret will choose which most enhances the book, or paper, which is to leave the book as is. Right. Alright,
0: if Dwayne the Rock Johnson were in this book, he'd definitely make it better because um, I don't know, COD or something. But more <laughs> importantly in traps.
2: <laughs> Trap, traps. <laughs>
0: more importantly, it would lead to him being in the notebook to the musical. Oh. Uh, what happens in the notebook to the musical, who knows? I mean uh, Allie is reincarnated as a swan. Probably oh my god. <laughs> Noah and Allie cry a lot and their kid dies and probably we find out if Noah's love is the secret cure for Alzheimer's. But the point is that The Rock is there, and he's singing and dancing, and probably offering excellent advice that Noah and Ali ignore. Mm-hmm. And when you have The Rock singing and dancing, does the plot really matter?
1: I do not believe it does.
0: A
2: question the Hollywood cinema
1: has <laughs> not done nearly <laughs> enough to investigate. All right. Agree. All right. Well, if Wolverine were in this, um, I think he would be army buddies with Noah. I forget if we even mentioned that Noah was in the World War II. Did. Okay, great. Because he was, it just wasn't important at all. But uh, they would not keep in touch because Noah is boring and Wolverine is a loner. But
3: <laughs>
1: they would run into each other much later at the hospital. Um, Wolverine has to go a lot because all of his girlfriends die also. <laughs> so he's at the hospital, Noah's at the hospital. Um, Wolverine consoles him, kind of. And later Noah would call Wolverine and tearfully ask if he thought it was possible that Allie could be reincarnated as a swan. And Wolverine's, like, seen some shit. So here, like, <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, this would encourage Noah to spend the rest of his days volunteering at a bird sanctuary where he would one day meet Jonathan Franzen.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and now you know
1: the rest of the
3: story.
2: <laughs> All right. Faced with a very difficult decision between rock and paper and snitch. Mm-hmm. I think I gotta go with snitch. Whoa. Look, you know why? Because it involves more outside interference in the actual narrative of this garbage book.
3: And that is very important
2: to me. And also, it involves Jonathan Franzen and I, you know. Franz and Freud. Exactly, Uh exactly. I have crippling Franz and (laughs) (laughs) Freud. I love to see him suffer.
1: (laughs) I do hella want to see the notebook to the musical. Uh, Which was on The Rock's Instagram. Easter
0: egg from The Rock's Instagram. (laughs) If anyone else obsessively follows The Rock's social media. Shout out to Uh, The Rock if you're listening to
1: our podcast. Thank you, Celiette, for (laughs) linking me to that.
3: I think it was you, right? Yes.
1: Yes. All right. We'll move on to the moral of the story. Mine is Don't Get Pneumonia or Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For this. Uh, mine is Love Literally Cures All. Literally. No, literally.
2: <laughs> and mine is All Houses of Note in Southern Books are Plantation Houses, and You Are a Fool to Assume Otherwise, <laughs> Even Briefly.
3: <laughs> so
1: true. All right, now is the time when my cat Duarte weighs in. Uh, Some people have asked if I would bring Duarte. He is tragically not a service animal, and he is not here. But I have something that's almost better. Uh, Also, he will Skype in to share his opinions.
2: This is the prop getting song. She is getting a prop. It's this.
3: She has it.
1: So I have to tell you how incredibly on-brand this is. So this is a painting of Duarte with a book, although perspective-wise, it kind of also looks like he has a toothbrush at a weird table. (laughs) (laughs) This is is a painting. And what I'm going to say might make you want to stop laughing, but you can keep it. It's okay. Um, My grandmother, who has Alzheimer's, painted this. Yeah. uh, she, she likes painting that makes her happy so just she, like Allie yeah, oh my god yeah I, I forgot about you that event more, you could cure it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> sorry grandma um, so she sent me she has painted multiple paintings actually that are based off of photos of Duarte except they're all of black cats <laughs> and Duarte's grey so it's not great but (laughs) I mean just black
2: is probably one of the 50 shades of black.
1: (laughs) whoa okay anyway so just imagine this is Duarte imagine
2: it grayer than it is right now yeah imagine a little bit grayer and Christian both in the gray sense and the mingle sense (laughs) Duarte does not like being compared
1: to Christian gray we connected a little early there how dare you All
0: right, uh, so we did get Torte to Skype in, mm-hmm. so uh, let's hear his thoughts on the notebook
1: she got, darts.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my god, same. Torte, <laughs> that's so incisive. <laughs> nope.
2: <laughs> Incisely is not a word. Yeah, but...
1: But also he it could be. Be. it also he is very incisive.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I mean
0: I understand I understand wanting there to be another cat in the book, but I think Clem really works best as a dog. And look at it this way, if Clem had been a cat, then he would have disappeared like 3 pages into the book and never been heard of again. Mm-hmm.
1: And he would have had to live with Noah. Exactly. Exactly. Also no cat deserves to put up with this bullshit.
2: Although, I mean he probably George would like to see you'd have to canoe in the rain. You wouldn't like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> great point <laughs> alright well Duarte, thanks as ever for your insight <laughs> oh my god I'll be home soon <laughs> you know where your food dish is <laughs> alright do any humans have any closing thoughts
2: nah I got all my thoughts out man
1: and I do want to reiterate one more time just how offensive it is to believe that love can cure Alzheimer's
2: because it's It's real. Yeah, it's real. Alzheimer's is (laughs) as real as cancer Nicholas Sparks.
3: Yeah.
1: I would say this book is more offensive than bringing your grandma's painting to a public event. (laughs) 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 To make fun of. (laughs) And I will also say that I could not paint a better painting than this. I mean, I couldn't.
2: I sure couldn't either.
1: So, great job. (laughs) All right. Well. Um, thanks to everyone who came out tonight. Let's thanks, clap for <clears throat> um, Thanks to Trident Booksellers for hosting us. <gasps> If you're in the Boston area, you should definitely, or if you are visiting the Boston area, um, not only is it a great bookstore, but their cafe has something called Mega Tots, which is giant tater tots filled with cheese. And if that's not enough to get you in the door, I don't, I don't know what is. Yeah. Back to us. (laughs) If you are a fan of the show, you probably already are, but uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, where we're worst bestsellers, with no S at the end, because it's in a crab trap. (laughs) (laughs) We can't get it out. (laughs) Uh, We also have a Goodreads group, uh, where sometimes we talk about books there, too. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on
0: Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. And if you do subscribe to us, please take a moment to rate and review us. It pops us up a little bit in the charts, makes it easier for people to find us. If you don't rate and review us, we're going to send Noah Calhoun to read poetry afterwards. Shit. <laughs> uh, preemptively, just skip that altogether. Um, we also have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash bestsellers where you can pledge a small recurring monthly donation to help us do things like buy equipment for doing a live show or buying treats for Duarte so he doesn't get
1: angry when we Skype him into a live show. Or buying candy for people <laughs> who
0: for humans. Yeah. See, you're helping yourself. We also uh, will record bonus episodes. We send out a newsletter to subscribers. It's great. You should give
1: money uh if you want to follow me personally on twitter and get more photos of george than you ever dreamed of uh my i'm at renata snacks on twitter
2: and if you want to follow me personally on twitter and hear me bitch about my day job a lot i'm at 14 across and if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at mrs friday next in addition to that i write a weekly newsletter you can follow us on twitter at two bossy dames that's T-W-O, Bossy Dames, spelled exactly the way you'd expect to. You can also subscribe to that newsletter at tinylettercom slash twobossydames, spelled the same way as our Twitter profile. And finally, if what you really love about me is my voice and the... um. Self-congratulatory way I laugh at all of my own jokes. You can get more of that and my thoughts on television by listening to my TV podcast called Appointment Television. You can find that at atvpodcast.com. Also, I'm on Pop Culture Happy Hour sometimes, but, like, whatevs. They can take care of themselves. They're NPR.
1: Woo! All right. Uh, Our next episode will be The Shack by William Young.
2: You guys are so
1: good. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: would be able to fetch the glasses of wine. <laughs>